Rabbi good morning. A Tov to everybody. This recording is being recorded. L'Kavit Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Bahar B'chul Kosai Tovshin Pe'alif. And it's being recorded on a week which is unfathomable in the level of pain and suffering that many, many families are feeling. And all of Klai Yisrael is feeling their pain as best as we, as we can uh, for the 45 tzaddikim whose lives were taken in a horrific, horrific uh, situation in Moran at the Kever of Shuma Bayechai. And it's hard for me not to speak a little bit about some of the lessons that I've gleaned and at the same time to try to draw, draw inspiration as best as we can and to draw chizik each from each other from not only the events and the, the loss of life, but really the lessons of the giving of life, the life that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is showing us for ourselves and the lessons from some of those niftarim that we ourselves could learn tremendous, tremendous lessons from. Parashas Bahar is, uh, speaks about the mitzvah of Shemitah. And we know the first Rashi. Rashi says that Hashem spoke to Moshe, Bahar Sinai, Lamar. Why does it specifically call out Bahar Sinai? Aren't all the mitzvahs stated there? Sinai? And Rashi says an answer, which is really an incomplete answer. He says it's in order to teach us that all the different particulars, the klovim, the diktukim, the protim, they all came from Har Sinai, just like we see by Shemitah. And therefore, all mitzvahs, all of the facets of mitzvahs were also given completely at Har Sinai. We shouldn't think that it was just like a, a brush stroke. But no, everything was given at Har Sinai. And it's giving us a great lesson. But the question that begs to be, to, beg to be asked, which with Schwab's, that's all right, and say for mine, Beis is, why do we specifically take the mitzvah of Shemitah that teaches this lesson? We could have taught this lesson on any mitzvah. Any mitzvah was said at Har Sinai's teaching, could, teach, could have taught us this lesson. And Rav Shwab brings out that the mitzvah of Shemitah teaches us the concept of emuna in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that a whole nation could let their fields go fallow because HaKadosh Baruch Hu says the land belongs to him and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will supply us with all of the crops that we need and we shouldn't ask questions we should recognize that Kodesh Baruch is really the one that gives us all of our sustenance. And when a person can somehow uh, focus on the fact that Kodesh Baruch is the ruler and that everything we have is really a matana from Kodesh Baruch that is really the assault of all of the mitzvahs. And that's why it's important to point out that the mitzvah of Shemitah was given at Har Sinai because the mitzvah of Shemitah is the basis of all mitzvahs the full concept of that everything is really Hashkacha Pratyas, HaKadosh Baruch is the one that rules the world. And I think it's very apropos for us to understand during this very difficult week that people should recognize HaKadosh Baruch is the one that rules the world. HaKadosh Baruch is the one that is with us. He is with us in the Tzara. And the Tzara that he brought us is a real Tzara, but it's in order for us to learn lessons, and we should learn that lessons. We should learn those lessons. We want to just bring out that that connects us with the last parsha in parsha Yikra Bahar Bechukosai, where the Torah speaks about the Indian in Bechukosai Telechu, that we should follow in the footsteps of the Torah. And the Torah speaks about the flip side. If Chasdushon, a person, is not following in the laws of the Torah, in Bechukosai Tim Asu, if a person is Bechukosai Chasdushon Tim Asu, and so if he, if he despises the Torah, 
And then, unfortunately, will come all of the Klaus. The Klaus will come. And we know we read the parish of Klaus. We hope and we pray, as Chazal say, Tichle Shana Vekiloseho, that the Shanish with all of the Klaus, especially the Klaus that we saw now throughout the entire year, but specifically during this week, they should be ended, and it should be tichleshana bichoseha. The brachas should come into the world. We hope, we pray, and we daven. There should be brachas for all of Klaisel, and specifically for the families that have such a tremendous loss these days. How do we get that bracha? We get that bracha when we keep the Torah. When we follow in the footsteps of the when we're Omo with her, when we toil in the Torah, when the Torah is Kihem Chayenu, Rechiamenu, Uvehem Negayom of Allah, which is a big madrega, it's not an easy madrega to reach. And I saw the Rav Shach really asked a question. Rav Shach says, why is it important, why is it so uh, uh, emphatically stated that if you will keep the Torah with Amelus, then you will get the blessings? If Chasrushalom, you will despise the Torah, which means you will not learn the Torah by Amelus then all the clothes will come upon you. Isn't there a middle road? Isn't it possible for a person just to learn the Torah, but not necessarily be mois in the Torah? I don't, I don't despise the Torah, but the Torah seems to say there's only one or two choices, either complete, complete amelus, or a person despises the Torah. And Mifshach Zetzal says that there is no middle way, because when push comes to shove, when a person has difficulties, if a person is completely attached to the Torah and recognizes that everything emanates from the Torah, then he's able to go through all of the difficulties. He doesn't have any questions on Amuna, because we recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one that gives us all of the brachas, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with us even during the difficult times. But if a person is not Osik in Torah, he doesn't really feel that the Torah is Kihei Mechayenu Varech Yameinu, then automatically when it comes push to shove, when it comes difficult times, all of a sudden we start asking questions. Why is God acting like this? Where was God during the Holocaust? Not recognizing that God was there in the Holocaust, that God is is with us even during our times of sorrows. And therefore it's important for us to, to implement into ourselves and our connection to the Torah should be one which is complete, which is so overreaching that we have no questions because we recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving us lessons and those lessons are from a Av HaRachamon, a father who is merciful. And the reason why he gives us these lessons, we cannot fully understand. We can try to glean to the best of our ability what we should learn and what we should try to do to enhance our own spiritual dimension, and in order for us to become better people, we should learn from the tzaddikim who were taken from us. I specifically want to focus on Elazar Yitzchok ben Shoshana ben Ruvain, or as he is called by his family lovingly, Azi, and by his friends. A little bit I've gotten to know about this young boy who passed away so tragically is that, first of all, he was a normal, normal kid who'd love to play and love to have good time with his family, and at the same time, very, very dedicated to Torah. He would chazer mishnayis, I heard he chazered 101 times, the first four prokim of Mesech to Ovis. As he was riding on his scooter in his house, he would go over mishnayis. He's very helpful to his friends. He wasn't the most brilliant child, but he was a good student, and he loved learning, and he always was interested in someone who needed help, how he could help that person. And this is a lesson that both his mother and his father have asked that anyone that comes into contact 
and can hear it, should they themselves recognize how important it is to care about the other person. So interesting and fascinating that during the course of the shiva, I've been davening there in the morning, and on a few days, the street cleaners of Yushalayim, Dati street street cleaners, came to daven with the with the Avelim, and they went over afterwards, and they said over that they themselves used to hear and they used to see Azi as he would get walk down the road, and he would see them in the morning and say, thank you so much in Ivrit, to that Rabbah, he would say to them for cleaning the streets of Yushalayim, he always felt Akar Satov. And this is a lesson which we hope that we should all recognize, how we have to be thankful to our brothers and sisters, not only in our personal families, but everyone to become in contact with, how we can somehow step up to the plate to become a little better, to become a little nicer. And this is no question the message that HaKadosh Baruch has given us. These 45 Niftarim and Azi Berajam, they all were people who literally, they lived exemplary lives. And HaKadosh Baruch chose to take them away from us, to bring him closer to him, because HaKadosh Baruch wanted them in his best in Shomala. And we ourselves should recognize that we can connect ourselves to these Niftarim by gleaning lessons, becoming better people, becoming nicer people, more compassionate people. And that is a lesson that all of us should try to implement into our lives. I want to mention Hashkocha Pratia's stories that I spoke today to the son-in-law, Shmuel Berzan, the son of my good friend, Yedidya Berzan, who he himself was with Azi and he was separated and he himself also was almost trampled upon with some HaKadosh who kept him alive. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to, to be there with Azi, but he himself recognized it was all Hashkocha Pratius. And I mentioned a story that was told to me by a Talmud of mine yesterday, who also went up to Maron. And this is just one of, I'm sure, hundreds and maybe thousands of events which took place, which HaKadosh Baruch somehow decided who should be saved and who should be taken as a carbon for the tzibur. This Talmud of mine said that he always goes up to Maron. He himself is not a well person. He has, he's gone through some difficult illnesses. He's weak, but he decided to leave early to Maron on Thursday. And what happened was his son came home from yeshiva and he had to have a wash done. So his wife decided to do the wash and they ended up leaving later. Ended up leaving later instead of taking two and a half hours. Took them six hours to get up to Maron. He wanted to get up to the lighting of the Bianer, but by the time he got to the Bianer, lighting was over. And this person is not well. He decided, you know what? We're going to go to sleep in the place that they had rented for the weekend in Tzvas. So he went to sleep and he only woke up in the morning. He only heard the news after he woke up in the morning. But two of his sons did go to Maron. And they were there at the time at the Toldus Iron Place. And what happened was, this Ashkocha Pratia story, I was told over by this Talmud of mine, that an older son and a younger boy, they were there. And at a certain point, the older son, who's Yeshiva Baruch, just felt he had to go to the bathroom. And he wanted to leave. But the place where they were was the place which was very, very constricted. And it was tight and he couldn't move. All of a sudden, there was a big chassid came in front of him, and he started moving, and he followed him, and he was able to get out, ended up going to the bathroom. He was separated from his younger younger brother. And then, the way he describes it, that the younger brother was at the place where everyone was, was very, very squashed, and he also could have ended up being from chas Shalom taken, because Baruch chose him to be pushed backwards, and he turned around, and he went back up, and he himself was saved.
Hashkocha Pratias, HaKadosh Baruch decided, this is just one episode. And Shmuel, the son-in-law, told me a similar thing. He was also separated, and they had made up that they're going to meet in a certain place with Azi. But unfortunately, unfortunately, he himself was saved. Unfortunately, Azi was taken as a carbon. And this is just to show us, Rabbi Zayit, that HaKadosh Baruch is the one that rules the world. And we have to have a moon in HaKadosh Baruch We have a moon in HaKadosh Baruch We recognize why did HaKadosh Baruch leave us. HaKadosh Baruch leave us because we have a tafkid, we have a purpose, and we should fulfill our purpose. I'm just speaking about these events because I feel these are lessons that we should learn. I'm adding on Divrei Torah, which I said over uh, last year, which I feel if you'll listen to those words from last year, not only will you have Geshmaka Divrei Torah for the Shulchan, but you also have lessons which are connected to the lessons which HaKadosh Baruch is teaching us this week. We want to give a bracha that the Avelim should all have Nechama, that HaKadosh Baruch should give them all strength to continue their lives in the most fruitful and the most wonderful manner. And we ourselves, all of Klai Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch should be Tich Leshana HaKadosh Baruch should remove all the clothes. We should learn lessons in order to better ourselves, to be a better people, to be a kinder people, to be a nicer people, to look what we can do for another person. And HaKadosh Baruch should give us bracha. This Shabbos, it should be a Shabbos where the Avelos and the Yoga and Vanacha should be taken away and HaKadosh Baruch should bring bracha. We should be Zoycher Mitz Hashem as we're getting closer to Rosh Chodesh, Sivan, to be Makabal, the Torah to be Kehem Chayen, Rech Yameinu. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will bring us all of the brachas, Benesati Gishmechem Be'itam, and we will be Zoycher Mitz Hashem to the coming of Mashiach Tzitainu, should come very speedily, B'mheir Yameinu, Amen, Amen. Rabbi Sai, good morning, good morning, a good Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos Kaidish. We are holding in the stretch before Kabbalah Satayra, in between Lagba Eimer, in between Pesach and Atzeres, in between Lagba Eimer and Atzeres. We're holding already in the 36th day of the Eimer, and holding our Shabbos Kaidish, and the Vayikra, Parshas Bahar B'chukaisa. I want to quickly say over some varts on the Parsha, just some beautiful, beautiful things that I saw and to share with everyone to have nachas and be able to, 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 to enjoy a good vort before Shabbos. The vort that I saw here from the stipler, thing, to, um, we know that in the Klalas, in Parshish B'chukaisai, which we'll discuss it maybe a little bit more in a moment, so there's a Pasuk there that says, Ve'etz hasode yiten piryoi. That's by the brachas. Ve'etz hasode yiten piryoi. By the klolos it says, Ve'etz ha'aretz lo yiten piryoi. So the stipend points out, why does it change the Lushan from, in the brachas it says, Ve'etz hasode, and in the klolos it says, Ve'etz ha'aretz lo yiten piryoi. Why does it change from sode to aretz? Zakta stipler, gavalik avart. Very, very posh. When, when there's a bracha, so then, you see the bracha in the whole sada. Everything is bountiful. Everything is beautiful. Like I said over yesterday, that the Rebbe and I were zochah to go up north, be able to see the kinneret and to see the the beautiful, beautiful flowering of the whole countryside. 
there's a bracha in the midst of all the corona crisis. So it's not only the eights that is growing, but the entire sada is filled with 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 beauty with with the bracha of the field. That's by the that's by the bracha, but by the klala. So even though there's an there's an eights that's left, but it's not in a sada. The entire sada is completely completely as he says. Nishdaf, it's 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 poor, it's 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 bereft of anything, and therefore all it is, it's an eitz aritz, just an eitz that's in the aritz, and that eitz aritz is lo yitim piyachas v'shalom. So this is such an inter- interesting insight to one word in the Torah. How we see how the stipul was able to pull out a beautiful, beautiful vart, another gevaldik vart at the end of the parshas of the entire sefer Yikra. We know, so we speak about we'll speak about that also in a minute, a little bit more about that. And then we go into the does not keep the mitzvahs and the maizim taivim, and then unfortunately there's klalus. And the Gemara tells us we should read this parsha because just like we say before Rosh Hashanah before the Rosh Hashanah of Shavuos, which is also considered the Rosh Hashanah for Ilanis. So for 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 Bikurim. So therefore, it's also we want to get rid of the Klalas. We hope this also should be uh, a simon ladaver that we should be rid of the Klala of the virus, the pan epidemic, which has affected so much of the world and so much of Klal Yisrael. It should be Tich Lashana by saying over the the Klalas, the Klala should be finished. But there's something such interesting. Insight, which Rav Moshe Feinstein's Atzal says over, that at the end of the Klalas, all of a sudden, there's one last parsha before the end of the Torah of Ayikra. And it's the parsha of Kiish Kiafli Neder, Be'erkachon the Fashish Lashem. There's the union of Erechen, of Erech Alai, Erech of a Nefesh. The Torah goes into description about a person that's a 20 year old, and there's a person that's 60 years old, how much you have to pay. And a person that's from five years until 20 years, how much he has to pay. This one pays a certain amount of shakalim, so more than the amount of shakalim. After 60 years, how much you pay? It's only tw- it's only 15 shekel. For Nekeva, it's Asara shakalim. What's the connection between the parsha of Erech of Erech, and the parsha of the Klolis? Rav Moshe Zetzal said an unbelievable drush in the Lower East Side, right after World War II. Within the remnants, the Sheris Hapleta, I'll tell you another word, Nagar to this also, the Sheris Hapleta of Klal Yisrael that was uh, gathered together one by one. They made it over. In those days, they made it over to America. Others came to Eretz Yisrael. Others went to different parts of Europe. But we know the Holocaust was a, a, a horrific, horrific event in Klai Yisrael's life, and the remnants, the Sheris HaPleta, when they finally got together, so Rav Moshe gave a drasha in order to be mechazik them. And he spoke of this parsha, and he spoke, and he asked this question, what's the connection between Erechen and the parsha of Tuchacha? And he says, the smichas parsha is like this, that there were people that came to America before the war, and they were, they had Nisyanis, they kept Shabbos, they kept Kashris, and they were Ayman ben Isayin, and they're going to get great schar. They're going to get great reward for that. But they didn't go through the the rougher times. They didn't go through the horrific, horrific deaths and the gas chambers and the Auschwitzes and the and and, and all the horrors that took place to the six million kedushim. 
And the first families that came, Baruch Hashem, they built families, and now they're in America. They weren't called greeners. You know, the people that first came were called greeners. They didn't know how to speak English. But the people that came ready from before the wars, they already had acclimated to the country. And now they have families. The families speak English. But now we have people that are coming, platen, remnants, people that were survivors. They lost their entire families. They lost all their businesses. Coming to a new country, a country which they do not really speak the language. And they went through such horrific events. And still they are shimer Torah and Mitzvahs. And they should know, this is what Moshe said, that in Erechin, there's an Erech for each person to feed his Darga. And if you hear the Torah is telling us that after the Klawas, after all the horrors that, that, that fell upon the Jewish nation, there's a concept, each person should know what his Erech is. And Rav Moshe said, there's no question that Hakol Lefi Hatzar, and the people that came out of the Holocaust, and they're still keeping Torah Mitzvahs, Rav Moshe said, those people are the highest madrega. They're bigger than the people that were Oymir bin Nisayin. There's no question. Oymir bin Nisayin keeping Shemir Shabbos and Mitzvahs in America in those days was a big Nisayin. But it doesn't come to Nisayin of a person that saw his entire family being destroyed, went through the horrors of the Holocaust, and still was, he was able to see his Erech. And the Hashem sees the Erech. What a gavaldic avort from Rav Moshe that teaches us a lesson that we ourselves should understand. When we're going through these difficult times, the families that have lost loved ones, they themselves are now have, having to have to keep their chizuk, and they should know that they have a tremendous erich in the eyes of a Kaddish Baruch Just mention one other word which I saw from, from, from Rav Yashiv that we say in, 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 in Shman Esrei, we speak about al-Tzadikim, al-Chassidim, al-Zikneish, she'eri zamcha be'isyova, va'pleita soifrehem. The remnants of the Seifrim. The Seifrim are the Seifrim. Seifrim are Madregas of Talmud Chachamim. They're considered Seifrim. So Rav Yashiv Zatzal says, what's that plate as Seifrim? The remnants of him should be just with Al Tzadikim, Al Chasidim, Al Seifrim. What's our plate as Seifrim? So Rav Yashiv says an unbelievable word that sometimes we have people that they're not necessarily the Seifrim. They're not necessarily the, the scribes that wrote down. They're not the, that Darga. They're just the remnants. They're the people that saw the Seifreyim. The remnants. We have people in the generations that they're considered bridges. They're the ones that they are the bridges from the previous generation to our generation. And we have to know the plate of Seifreyim. They might not be the greatest Tamir Chachamim, but they themselves saw the previous Doris. They saw what Godless was, and they recount the stories of what they saw from the previous generations. That's also someone that we have to be Mavarech. This is what Yashiv Zatzal says. The Bible said three Gavaldic Avarts on the parsha. but now I want to get to the Iker, which is what I saw today from Rabbi Rucham. Ah, Rabbi Rucham Lovavitz, the Mashkiach of the Mir in Europe, the great, great Mashkiach, who was the Mashkiach of Reb Chaim Shvalevitz, the Mashkiach of, of uh, all the Altamirs in Europe. I just saw one Maise that when he came to Kelm, he was a young man. <laughs> it was a young man, maybe 21 years old. And the altar from Kelim was mechabed him more than the biggest, the biggest ones that were there. So they were asked him, why, we, why are they mechabed him? Why is he mechabed him more than the other ones? So he says, Yeruchim, he, the altar from Kelim saw that he, could, he, he would listen to a shmuz of vart that the altar would say, and it would be the exact same shmuz that the altar had said previously. And he would literally enjoy it, and he would look for new insights. 
into what the altar's words were. He says, a person that's able to hear the same vort and is able to somehow be nispoil, and is able to see new insights, that means that's a person that's such a mavakesh to lishmaya to the divrei and therefore he deserves to get great covet. Rabbi Sai, Parshas Bahar speaks about the Indian of Shemitah. Parshas Bechukaisai speaks about the Indian of Torah, Amelis B'Torah. We're now going to try to capsulize a vart that Rabbi Rucham says. And, and really, it's not Rabbi Rucham's vart, but it's what he, what he puts together. The Indian of Shemitah. We, said, we know that the Indian of Shemitah is V'shof so Aret Shabbos Lashem. That every seven years the land should go fallow. And we find a similar thing by Breshis, by Shabbos Breshis, that the, the Shabbos is what we keep and we don't work on Shabbos. The Mayadim Yom Taivim. So here he tells us an unbelievable insight. And he brings down from the Sif, from the Balai Nefesh, from the Ravit. The Ravit says that most mitzvahs which we have, that the Kosh Baruch Hu commanded us, is in order to teach us one lesson, a major lesson. Listen to this lesson. It's in order to teach a person that there is a creator who rules over him. And the proof is, after gives the land to man. And everything follows whatever the dictates of man. Man rules the world, so to speak. And he begins to think as he's running the world, I'm the owner of the world. And there's no one else besides me. He begins to forget about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He runs from here to there. He creates businesses. He creates economy. He creates cities. He creates all kinds of inventions. Surrounded man. And he gives different haskaras, different reminders that a person should know that really it's not you that's running the world. It's really HaKadosh Baruch Hu that's running the world. And when a person plants a seed, he should know that it's not just his planting and his plowing which is allowing the items to grow. No, there's certain halachas you have to keep. You're not allowed to plant something which is kalayim. You, plant, you can't plant shatness. You're not the owner. When you, when you reap the crops, you have to leave over. You have to leave over the nishris for the aniyim. That's called the leket, the shikhan, the peya. Not everything belongs. You don't own everything. You can't plant everything that you want. And when a person gets finally gets to produce, he has to make a bracha on the food. He has to he has to thank Hakadosh Baruch Hu from beginning to end. And there's all kinds of halachas of when you get a beged. What kind? Of, you know, you 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 made a beged. You have a beautiful beged, but it's got four four corners. You have to put tzitzis. You have to have constant reminders that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is surrounding you. You have the, you have a, an animal that grew. You have the the dinim of bechor behemus. The kids are rabbis. I'm not going to go into every single halacha, but what we see is is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is trying to tell us that we should recognize we are not the Bailim of the Aritz. The way he describes it, we are the Shir Yaim. We are the day workers. We work on the land, and when the time comes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu can take it away from us. And therefore, we have to recognize it's all a matana from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why we have the Indian of Shemitah. The Indian of Shemitah is us to recognize we're not the owners of the land. We don't have a Rishus to be Chayrish, and to be Zareya, it's only in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the truth is, the Mashkiach, 
Rabbi Yerucham says in Parshish B'chad Kaisai, he says a similar concept. If we take a look at the beginning of the Torah in Parshish B'chad Kaisai, it speaks about in B'chad Kaisai Teleichu. If you will follow in the Torah, and Rashi says, Shetiyah B'Torah. When a person is Amal and turn recognizes that only through Amal B'Torah can he truly see Bracha. And what does the, the Torah tell, say, tell us? Then the land, everything, the, the, the rain is going to rain in its proper time. What is that teaching us? It's teaching us that Adam Harishan, who could have been Mashlim Debriya at one moment, and now what happens is because of the Chet of Adam Harishan, now everything goes slowly. You have to plant, you have to plow, but you want to know how things really, really work? When a person recognizes in that my major aspect is I'm, I'm going in the way of the Torah. Everything I have is through the prism of the Torah. You know, I had a great, 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 I had a great, a great, great grandfather of mine who lived under the Tsar in Russia. And they, the stories they say about him that, you know, in those days, the, the Tsar would give land and you'd have to go and you'd have to plow the land and you were a sharecropper for the Tsar. So he was a sharecropper. That's what he did. But he had a piece of land and he, he used to, used to plow the land in those days. He had an ox, whatever it was. And sometimes he would go in the fields and they say he would learn early in the morning, he would dive in early in the morning and he would wear his tzitzis. He had big tzitzis on himself. And one time he was plowing and all of a sudden the tzitzis ripped. So he started screaming and screaming, bring a tzitzis, bring it. He wouldn't walk Daladamas without tzitzis, Rabbi said. Can you imagine? He wouldn't walk Daladamas without tzitzis. And they say he used to keep on the plow, he kept the Gemara. He was walking because he recognized if I go on the ways of the Torah. Rabbi Sai, I think it's such an important message. HaKadosh Baruch has shown us in this, in this corona crisis, in this pan-epidemic, we have any doubts about who's really running the world. We think for a moment that man is we see HaKadosh Baruch has brought down the entire world to its knees. And we should recognize, we B'nai Torah should recognize, this is the message at the end of Sefer V'yikah, Bahar B'chuk Kaysay, V'nasati G'shmeichem B'itam, in B'chuk Kaysay Teleichu. But I want to wish everybody a wonderful Shabbos. There should be brachas, there should be Yeshuas, Refuas. And it's a pleasure that I'm able to speak with you and you're able to listen to the Devar Torah. We should go into Shabbos, as I've been saying from the beginning, with a, with a, a simcha in our hearts, Tamer Chaim Zochu, Make sure that your children are happy, that your wife is happy, that you're happy. And we should be to the coming of Mashiach Have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for listening to this Foundation's podcast production. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you and have a wonderful day.